Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, everybody. This is Joe Lynch from the Logistics of Logistics. Welcome to my podcast. Today, we have a really great guest and a really great topic. So the topic is why marketing is your best salesperson with Jim Beerfeld. Welcome, Jim. Well, uh, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Just to give a little context, I've known Jim for, oh, three, four, five years. He is one of the top, if not the top guy in logistics marketing. He's been doing it a long time. I actually did some work for him, I think, on the Food Safety Modernization Act a few years back. He really knows this stuff, and I think you'll realize that as we go through this. But let's let Jim talk a little bit more about him before we get started. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about you and your company. Yeah, the company is Logistics Marketing Advisors. Uh, I started it in 2004, and uh, we help uh, logistics businesses improve their marketing to drive, uh, drive revenue and drive profit. And where are you located, Jim? I'm in Connecticut. Ah, sunny Connecticut. <laughs> I'm joking because it's not been sunny here in Michigan. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? What did you do prior to 2004 when you started Logistics Marketing Associates? Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm a New York City guy, born and raised, Bronx guy. And uh, you know, went to Mount St. Vincent College there. I got my master's degree at Fordham university. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, I've had a variety of marketing related jobs. Back in the sort of late 80s, early 90s, I worked for a large um, advertising and public relations agency. And one of our clients happened to be a logistics client. And uh, that was my account. And they hired me away to run their marketing. And I started with them in uh, 1995. And um, stayed with them for a good nine years. And uh, we had a good run and uh, decided at that point to uh, start my own company in 2004 and to focus on uh, the logistics and supply chain space exclusively. So that's kind of how I arrived uh, where I am today. I bet there was nobody else in that advertising agency that knew what logistics was. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's um you know, deciding to really, as as a as a full service ad agency, deciding to get that niche, if you will. You know, you had to think about it. You know, is there enough business? If I say, hey, I don't do anything else but this thing here, and it's actually it's been great. I've been busy, and and I think uh, companies appreciate the fact that you know, working with people who know the space, <laughs> know what cross docking is, and uh, you know, uh, all the the terminology that's uh, you know part and parcel of our industry. Yep. I can say this, Jim, um, knowing about logistics, and I feel like I do, and transportation is one thing, but I don't come from a, like a, a marketing background, but I've done some marketing. In fact, I did some work for you years ago, more of the uh, grunt work, but, or the research, research stuff, but there's not a lot of guys out there in this business who seem to understand both sides. And it's, we also run into the same thing when we talk about the technology. All these new technologies uh, that were coming to our industry, great if you're that technologist, great if you're the logistics guy. Ideally, we all have to kind of, you know, wear multiple hats. And I know you, you're you one of those guys who can do both when it comes to marketing, sales, and logistics. So let's talk a little bit more about this topic. So we're going to talk today about why marketing is your best salesperson with Jim Beerfeld. 
Jim, let's talk a little bit about the problems we see in this space when it comes to uh, sales. So what's the what's the, one of the problems, first problem you want to talk about? I think just, you know, starting at the highest level, I think the way companies buy today is very different than, you know, how they bought 20 years ago. And I really don't believe the logistics industry has evolved. You know, I'm, I'm very much a believer that logistics services, particularly the high ticket items, are bought. They're not sold. Now, that's not a, a, you know saying anything negative about the sales guys. The good sales guys are worth their weight in gold. But there's so much information out there that wasn't available before about how to solve certain problems, what providers can help. Buyers are probably 70% or more through the purchase process before they talk to a salesperson. It's kind of like, you know, you think about, you know, how do you buy a car, Joe? You're probably, I know myself, I'm probably 95, 98% of the way. I've done my research. I've compared specific cars. I may go very, very late in the sales cycle to test drive a couple and to negotiate price. But, and, and it's, it's like that with logistics. People are doing their research. So the key challenge is getting found. That's the key challenge. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point there. So when I always say you're buying a car, you start with online. You go to we want to buy a new house, starts online, vacation, college for kids, all that stuff begins online. And it's interesting, you know, we get into uh, a little bit of the worldview. So I, I grew up in Dearborn, Michigan. I still live in the Detroit area. Everybody uh, I knew revolved around Ford. My brother-in-law still works at Ford. And or it's, if you live in Dearborn, you call it Fords. <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> if um, if somebody calls and says, Hey, I got a great deal on a Toyota. I know Toyota makes great cars, but I'm, my car, next car is going to be a Ford anyway. So the, in a lot of ways, I'm already kind of, to your point, 70, 80% sold on, I'm going to buy a Ford and I'm probably not going to buy the high end and I'm not going to buy the low end. So, right, right, right. So that's a good point. So that's a definite problem. So let's talk a little bit about the solution to that problem. So what, how do we do to change that? I mean, it's the, you know, the solution is getting found by prospects you don't know today, right? So, you know, if, if somebody does a Google search, you know, you want them maybe to be directed to a relevant article uh, on your website that you've written or that you've has seen you speak at a conference or read a case study on how you helped one of their competitors. I mean, all those examples, there's just yep. a few that I mentioned, but they're the purview of marketing, right? They're not purview of sales. So that idea, the idea of sort of getting found in this new internet age seems logical. I think most people would say it's logical, but many executives are still of the mindset, you know, around, you know, how do we find the right prospects? They're thinking of it backwards. Marketing is a game of hide and seek in reverse. You want to be found. Right. The whole idea of sitting in your say and say, oh, let's, let me go out and find the next prospect. You know, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but you want to put the most of the focus on helping them find you because buyers are smart. They've got a problem. You know, and they want to find somebody, find a strategy that works, find a provider that can help them. So they're out there looking and you want to make it as easy as possible for them to find you when they're looking. Yep. And I say this, Jim, when somebody reaches out to me, I, all my business comes from my podcast or from my LinkedIn presence or articles I've written or speaking at a few conferences coming up. That's where I get all my business. I don't cold call anybody. Not that I haven't. <laughs> I still got to get on the phone. I'm not, I'm not afraid to do any of that. But um, when somebody finds me, I say the following things are, are true. They have an idea that I can solve their problem. They also have the idea that they want to work with me. And 
That doesn't mean everybody who calls me works with me because I, it's still not necessarily the perfect fit. And it means they want to work on the problem today or, you know, next week. If I cold call somebody, they don't know who I am. So they don't necessarily want to work with me. They might have a problem and don't want to deal with it. Like right now I should be losing uh, some weight. I don't want to work on it today. So I'm not, it's Friday. Call me Monday. So there's a real problem when, when somebody finds you, it's a good thing. When somebody takes your call, it's not quite the same. I think it's a great point. So tell us, tell, give us another problem that's out there. Well, I can sort of goes along with the one we just talked about. You know, I think um, companies are asking salespeople to fill their own pipeline as well as to work the deals and close the deals. You know, hey, make a bunch of uh, phone calls every day. And, you know, number one, people are tuning out those phone calls and there's a way for them using technology to, to <laughs> you know, turn your emails into junk mail and, and not let you get through on the phone. So, um, but if lead generation today is more about getting found, it requires more of a marketing skill set, like an understanding of the media landscape, how to best reach the prospects you're trying to reach. You know, where do they hang out? You know, and, and again, using, using tactics like content creation and search engine optimization and social media marketing, those are skills you need to get people to find you. And this is kind of an abstract kind of concept, Joe, but I think it's important. I think a lot of logistics companies out there confuse what you have to do to get people to find you as opposed to why people buy from you. What I find is as you start talking to a prospect, and eventually close them. Well, why, why did you buy from that company? Well, there was a trust built up. There was really good chemistry. We met a number of people in their IT group, and we were very, very impressed with the technology and how they could integrate with us. None of that, really, I mean, that stuff comes out in the sales process, and it might be why people buy from you, but that's not why they found you. They found you because you had a great solution for, you know, cross-border freight between Canada and the U.S. for temperature control products or whatever the sort of specific problem they were looking to solve. They're out there on, on the net. They're asking their colleagues, hey, who's good at this? And that's the whole thing about getting found. Once you get found, you know, it's up to the salesperson to sell them. And I'll, I'll give you an analogy that I like, you know, in terms of the complementary roles of sales and marketing. Most people, you know, understand the concept of basketball and, and uh, scorers. You want scorers on your team. So you can, as a coach, you can bring in a bunch of great scorers, but you can still lose. And why? Because you don't perhaps have that point guard. The person who's a really good dribbler can penetrate the defense and give it to the scorers in a position near the basket where they can put the ball in the basket. And then to me, you know, marketing is like that point guard. They put the salespeople in a position to be successful. But I think a lot of companies are still like, hey, let me just hire a bunch of rainmakers and, you know, count the money when it comes in. But there, right. there's a one plus two equals three aspect there. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. 
And now back to the show. Jim, we had some conversations offline about this. And one of the things I've observed in my business is when somebody calls and says, you know, I need to improve my sales and they'll say, and, and I've heard this from a number of owners and sales leaders and they'll say, I get guys and they show up and they're real, you know, motivated and hungry and they get a few deals and then they just slow down. And then I ask them, you know, these are typically freight brokers or 3PLs. And I'll say, does, are they required to manage their own freight, you know, for the clients they win? And they say, yeah. So what I've always said is, so what you have is that guy's responsible for what I'll call the three phases. He's responsible for his own marketing, his own lead gen, whatever you want to call that upfront piece, which is in my mind, a full-time job. Then secondly, he's responsible for taking that lead to the logical end, hopefully a close where he closed the business. And then he's responsible for what I'll call account management. You know, that's managing the ongoing business. And when you think about when you first start a new job, you don't have any customers. So you spend all your time on that lead gen or that marketing up front. And there's mm. probably a stretch to call it marketing. It's just lead gen at that point. You're making those phone calls. You're, you're uh, on LinkedIn. You're doing all those things. But as soon as you win some business, you have two or three accounts. They're your top priority. So you, you'll yeah. work on the stuff in your pipeline and you'll work on your current clients. You won't do any of that upfront work anymore. And I think what you're getting at is that is what's going to grow your sales over time is having that dedicated resource upfront, helping you get those new leads, which is why you need marketing. Which is <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not their skill set. It's just marketing is a different skill set. When you ask a salesperson to generate their own leads in this day and age, that means being sort of marketing savvy. And to them, that's foreign to them. All they know is I got to pick up the phone and make calls. That's not marketing. That's not good lead generation. But when you ask salespeople to generate their own leads, that's what you get. It's inefficient. Right. And it's also when you think about this, is so many companies will say, this is our number one priority is growing our sales. And yet you bring in, and of course, this can be a little exaggerated. You bring in somebody who's maybe very young, 22, 25, entry level job and say, the weight of this company is on you. Go get your own <laughs> leads. Go take that through yeah, the pipeline and uh, yeah, yeah. then manage that great account that you want. And to some extent, depending where you're working and what you're selling, it could be something somewhat commoditized where you say, uh, and so the message is so screwed up where the guys say, we have great pricing and you get great customer service. Oh, as opposed to the trucking company down the street that says they don't have good customer service or good pricing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Anyway, so tell us about another problem that you see out there. To me, the biggest problem, Joe, is is that, you know, of course, everybody wants leads, but the logistics businesses that, that I talk to, they want to move to lead generation before they nail the strategy. And it's really all about the strategy because, you know, a lot of logistics companies look and sound, let's face it, exactly the same. And, you know, that's really the kiss of death in an, in an environment where decision makers are bombarded like thousands and thousands of messages every day. So, uh, you know, a non-differentiated message just contributes to the noise level. Uh, you know, I'll give you an analogy. Let's 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 put you on a street corner, Joe. Let's say you're on the you know, you're standing at 42nd Street and 8th Avenue. And, you know, if you've never been there, you could probably imagine it's one of the busiest intersections in the probably the world. Um, so you got a lot of uh, Uber drivers, you got a lot of cab drivers wanting to get where they're going to go and they've got their hand on the horn. There's probably 6 or 8 or 10 horns blasting at the same time. You're a pedestrian, right? 
you're really not paying attention, right? You don't like hear a horn and turn. Uh, but all of a sudden, let's say you, you hear a horn, it sounds different. You know, auga, auga, or whatever. What are you right. going to do? I'm going to look. <laughs> you're going to look because it sounds different. So that's what I, I try to get people to understand. It's, it's nailing your position. You know, and understanding what your niche is in the market and trying to speak directly to the people who align best with that niche is really what you have to do. And it's sort of a, you know, lead generation is a sequential process. Unless you do that and do it well, it's hard to be successful with lead generation. But I think two people are well, too many logistic businesses are sort of too quick to say, yeah, you know what, we're, we're kind of like everybody else. And, you know, I'll give you another analogy. I got a lot of analogies, Joe. I like them. I like them. Keep them coming. <laughs> Interrupt me when you get tired of my analogies. But um, I talk about um, 3PL's marketing like six-year-olds play soccer. And if you can imagine how six-year-olds play I've soccer, seen it. You, know, you, might, you tell Johnny he's the left forward, Johnny's going to go where the ball is along with Emily and Charlie and everybody else on that field. So they're all chasing the ball. And the, the irony is that if Johnny stayed in his position, left forward, eventually the ball is going to leave the scrum and get kicked across to Johnny. And guess what? Johnny's the only one there. Right. You know, and he's likely to get a goal. He's likely to score. So that's what I try to advise logistics companies to do is to find your position and put a stake in the ground but so many of them say they want to set up camp in the middle of the soccer field, which is kind of where everybody else is and where you get lost. And the reason is, hey, anywhere I can chase any opportunity from there. I'm not pigeonholing myself and saying, hey, this is my niche or this is what I, I do because I'm afraid something else is going to come up that I can chase. And, I, you know, I don't want to kind of close myself off to opportunities, but it's it just works against them. Right. You know, so I'm always pushing people more to the end, edge of the soccer field. And even though it makes them somewhat uncomfortable, it's where people don't look for providers in the middle of the soccer field. They're saying, hey, I've got that cross-border issue with the temperature control freight, or my returns are a mess with my pharmaceutical company. I mean, <laughs> those are specific problems that require specific expertise. You're not looking for the generic middle of the soccer field solution. You're looking on the internet and elsewhere for who plays in that space, and it makes you much easier to find. Right. And Jim, you're a perfect example of this. You come with this marketing background, uh, advertising background, and you know when you started your own business, you didn't just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to open up a business. I'm going to say I'm into marketing and advertising. You said, I'm going to call this logistics marketing advisors. And Somebody might say, yeah, but Jim, you, you've limited yourself. Now you're not going to get any business from Coke or Pepsi or from General Motors. You say, there's so much business in the logistics world. What do I care? I don't need it all. If you got just yeah, a small yeah. sliver of uh, all the business right. out there, you, you'd never, ne never want for anything. And yeah. I think there's a sense that you're somehow losing by saying, I'm going to specialize. And I just had um, Matt Silver on the show and he talked about doing automating cross-border. And you go, wow, yeah, but you're not going to get all the trucking business across the world. Yeah, but there's so much business is crossing the border to Canada and to Mexico. It's an enormous yeah. space. And when, and when you're done right. doing very well there, you can open it up and say, I'm going to do something else. But to start 
go grab a giant chunk of that huge niche that we're talking about. And yeah. maybe, maybe yeah. calling it a niche is probably doing it a disservice because some niches are so big that they don't look like niches. Well, yeah. I mean, car manufacturers are a perfect example. I mean, when you look at any car manufacturer, they're all going for a segment of the market. You know, Volvo's you know, and Subaru going after the really safety conscious people. BMW are looking for the ones who want, you know, quote unquote, driving performance. You know, Mercedes is that prestige brand, right? Nobody's trying to be the the luxury, fuel economy, driving performance. Right. You know? Right. We used to do that. We used to do that. It yeah. didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. So even the biggest brands in the world recognize that it's better to have a big chunk of part of the market than to try to get, you know, the whole market because it just doesn't work. Excellent. Excellent. So talk about another problem that you see out there. Well, you know, getting budget support for marketing is always real, real hard. It's viewed as an expense. It's, it's not viewed as an investment. And I think in this case, I think, um, you know, marketers, you know, if a company even has a marketing department or are, are their worst own worst enemy, because they're really not measuring the ROI on the marketing investment. You know, so for the boss who's making that decision, hey, should I throw this amount of money at marketing or should I go out and hire a salesperson? It's easier for him to see the ROI on a salesperson because he, he can attach a new business revenue stream and compare it to a salary and benefits for that person. And okay, this either made sense uh, or it didn't because nobody's coming to him and saying, Hey, you know, we invested this, you know, amount of money in marketing, but let's look at our, our pipeline. Let's look at the business we closed in the last year. Where did it come from? Did any of it originate with a marketing lead? Somebody finding you on the web or something like this. And if you have the right CRM, which is a whole other subject, we probably don't right. have time to get into, but if you've got a CRM and you're managing things in the right way and you're, you're recording where the lead came from when it came in and tracking it right through to close, you can do a pretty good analysis of, of where, where the business is coming from and what percent of um, the business uh, is emanating from marketing. And I try to make that, you know, for my clients, I kind of do a dashboard every month. And, you know, we're looking at the vanity metrics like, you know, website visits and all that stuff. But, you know, we're also, if we're linked to the CRM, we're saying, okay, what's the size of your pipeline today versus last month or last year? How much, you know, what's the pie piece, if you will, that the marketing uh, generated leads own of that pipeline? How about the business you closed? You know, how much of it is from referrals? How much of it is just sales guys working their network? How much of it actually came from marketing? That's the kind of thing that makes sense to the business executive who's trying to figure out where to invest his money. And in the absence of that, you know, hey, we want to update our website and get more website leads. <laughs> what, what, the heck? what does right. that what does that do for me at the end of the day, unless you could show them the, the real numbers? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I, I still do an occasional website with my partners over there at Sun Ant Interactive. One of the things that you know, we, we talked about this last week when we talked, but there's this sense sometimes when you do website costs 15, 20 grand. And then somebody says, well, okay, so uh, 15, 20 grand, then what? Like, you know, and there's always this sense that there's going to be this flood of business because if I hired a sales guy and I was paying him 70 grand a year, that's 20 grand would be, I would expect a sale by then. And it's such a 
if you're talking to someone who has the worldview, say uh, someone like you, Jim, would obviously be rare. They'd say, no, these things take time. We're going to stay the course and we're going to have a great strategy that we all believe in. You're going to believe in it. And I'm not going to have to keep proving myself every week to you that I'm doing something. And Mm -hmm. for some companies, it's amazing to me. I talked to some very large companies that spend virtually nothing on marketing and and they have a bad website. And you're like, God, you've got this huge company and this horrible website. And I have more web presence than you do. And I always think that you can tell they're old school. And what's changing is I think some people are, are getting it. Obviously, companies who are working with you get it. Adam Robinson gets it. So you see what Freight Waves has done. There's a lot of companies that are now starting to see the light. And I will also say this. All the tech startups, you know, the, the Uber Freights, the Convoy, those guys come from a different place. They aren't coming from that old uh, freight brokerage trucking model, which is make 100 phone calls a day, they're coming from a more like a Silicon Valley perspective, which is, okay, we have a marketing budget, we have to spend it's it's required to grow the business. Yeah, I mean, you know, what what are they but disruptors, right? So you have to kind of, you know, communicate the market that, hey, here's the old way of doing things. And here's why this new way is so much better. You can do that one on one with a whole bunch of salespeople or you could do it with marketing, which is speaking to, you know, the entire industry. So uh, this is this is great stuff, <laughs> Jim. Thank you. So what's another problem you see out there? Uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, where we could uh, end up is is really you know, just just uh, salespeople and, and buyers' attitude toward the way they're marketed to and, and the way they're sold to. You know, I do uh, research every couple of years where I go out and I ask a whole bunch of buyers of logistics products and services how they buy, you know, where they go to get their information, what frustrates them the most about the sort of, you know, selling process, you know, when logistics people call them. And uh, the number one complaint is that People reach out to them, whether it's email or phone, and offer a solution with no understanding at all of their industry or their company. Right. You know, no research at all. And they consider it. And I, I, sp- I mean, I do online research, but I go and I speak to some of these people individually, too. And it, I mean, some of them are, are annoyed, literally annoyed. They consider it lazy. They do make an assumption that it's, eh, you know, a lot of recent college grads just kind of smiling and dialing. And there's one quote I got, last survey I did, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm number 23 on today's call list. And I think that perfectly kind of summarizes the attitude. So, (laughs) and it's really interesting that they're very quick to say, if somebody calls me, and says, you know, you know, and you know what, Joe, I'll, let me give you another example, because I, I love this example. This was a, a freight company, you know, who managed sort of international uh, freight, drayage, things like that. And they heard about a very, very large shipper in Charleston who brought in containers uh, from Europe and they required 45 foot chassis. And as you know, chassis are you know mostly 20, 40, but 45 is a little bit of an anomaly and they were really, really hard to get. This guy kind of heard that second, uh, second hand, but he knew this big company had this problem and he put together a custom proposal. I, I helped him actually create it. It was a one page custom proposal that we can guarantee X number of chassis at X dollars a day to your company starting two weeks from now. Now, that got him a meeting. I, I couldn't even tell you if it ended right. up in a, a closed piece of business or not, but it got him a meeting. And the point I'm trying to make here is 
these guys are quick to say, if somebody calls me, knows about a problem that I have, and has a specific idea for how I can solve that problem, I am all ears. What I really don't like is people who just call me generically and say, hey, you got freight, we got trucks. <laughs> There's a fit here, right? Right, right. And it really annoys them. So anyway, I, I could talk a lot about that research, Joe, but I do, um, I'm happy to share it if anybody wants to like email me. Jim at logisticsmarketing.com. I think you'd be an interesting, it'd be an interesting read for a lot of your listeners to kind of read about what buyers say about how they want to be talked to. And that's essentially what that research does. So yeah, Jim at Logistics Marketing, email me, I'll send it right to you. And um, yeah, Jim, what I'll do is I'll put that in the the transcripts notes. And, okay. and I, I should say this, I saw that research a few years back when I was helping you. I know, by the way, I should say this, Jim's research is very difficult to come by because uh, there are so many people who want to answer who are three PLs or, or sales guys. They, oh, I know how I know how shippers think, but Jim's really going to shippers, so that's the challenge. And um, I've seen it; it's very good information to have. So I'll put your uh, your contact information in the notes, Jim. So I want to summarize some of these problems, and then Jim, maybe you can put a bow on this bad boy. So, sure. <laughs> I love what you shared here. Is so the number one problem you said was. The way companies buy today is different, and that means they're going online and they're looking. And to your point, they want you want to be found. Would you say the uh, reverse of hide and go seek? You want to be found. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the number one problem. The number two problem you said is companies ask salespeople to fill the pipeline and work on closing the deals and also manage their ongoing business and really need dedicated marketing and lead generation up front. That typically don't have that. Number three, you talked about logistics businesses want to move lead generation tactics before they talk about a strategy. So that's obviously a big problem. Getting budget for marketing. Again, this is an undervalued service that we have in the, in the business and it's painful. That's all these problems are kind of related to not spending money on marketing. Uh, and yes. then, and which is your best salesperson. And then the last problem you talked about is buyers are frustrated with the generic come-ons from logistics salespeople. And that is so true. I hear that all the time. And I've done it before where I've, I've leave that stupid message where you go, hey, work with us because we have blank. And it just probably sounds like, yeah, I'm number 30 on your, uh, on your voicemail yeah. today. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing to remember there is you can make 20 phone calls in, you know, a half an hour. But if you do the research and you do some digging, how many phone calls can you make in that half hour where that are, you know, valuable? I don't know, maybe two or three because you're doing the digging and, you know, maybe even less. But those are much more fruitful than those 30 generic calls you're going to make. Right. And Jim, I, I always think this is if I call somebody, let's just say I've decided I'm going to specialize in retail. And I've, I've got some business Target and I got a little bit with uh, Costco and I call you and I say, my name is Joe Lynch and I work with, I work exclusively with retail logistics guys. And I know the biggest problems are blank, blank and blank. And I, I, I would like to see if I can help you. It's so much more attractive than just the whole, oh, what are you? Are you a retailer? Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, uh, yeah. specialize in it. And then the, meanwhile, the next time you're talking, you say I specialize in moving manufacturing stuff. And it's <laughs> much better if you can get to that point where you say, I specialize. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Jim, put a bow on this. Give us a summary here. It's a big topic. Well, I know. <laughs> you know, I, I think you, you came up with the, uh, you, you came up with the, uh, 
the title of the podcast, and I think it's great. You know, why marketing is your best salesperson, and uh, I think that really says it all. I think marketing needs to be a key part of the mix. I think you know the way people buy these days is more about getting found, not the provider finding the shipper. Uh, they'll find you, but you have to make it easy for them to find you. And uh, again, that requires a, a more of a marketing skill set than a straight up sales skill set. So right. the right strategy is key. And then, you know, coming up with those efficient lead generation tactics that uh, highlight what you're best at is the way to go. And uh, if you don't invest yeah. in it, you're not going to get it either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't just happen. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about more what you're doing over at Logistics Marketing Advisors. Our sort of sweet spot, if you will, is sort of that mid-market company that really either they don't have a marketing department or they have sort of a skeletal crew. So, you know, we're kind of the people who come in and really become their marketing department, helping them with everything from strategy down to, you know, every aspect of of execution and hopefully, you know, reporting on the results in a way that allows them to, you know, first of all, makes us accountable, but also then allows them to track, you know, what am I getting for this investment over time? So that's kind of what we do here. We're a full yep. service marketing agency. And uh, again, our, our niche um, that we've been talking about is, is pure logistics and supply chain. Which is really important, Jim, because one of the challenges and again, I used to do some more digital marketing. I more or less don't do any of that anymore. I'm trying to focus my energies on sales training and, and coaching. But um, when I was doing digital marketing, some of the real challenge is coming up with that strategy. And that would not be my, where my focus was. Mine was more on developing content, which was what I probably put at. But the challenge you run into with the average marketing company that works with a, a logistics or transportation company is they don't understand the business. And so I've just I was an advisor on a project recently. It was so obvious when I was talking to the marketing guys that, boy, you don't even belong in the room with them until we've had some more conversations because the questions they were asking were painful. And I thought you got to do some research on your own before you even talk. And Jim, having spent a big chunk of his uh, career doing just this, he knows what he's talking about. He knows your biz. (laughs) Well, thanks, Joe. (laughs) <laughs> it was the truth. Jim, thank you so much for sharing uh, your expertise. And again, I think this is a great topic. And I think you're absolutely right. The um, Marketing can be your best salesperson, but you do have to invest in it. You have to spend some time on it. And, and keep this in mind, the top companies in the business are doing it. They know. <laughs> they aren't wasting that money. So if you want to follow the leader, this is what they're doing. Right. Thanks again, Jim. And uh, Thank all of you for listening to this podcast. Until next time, onward and upward. Great. Thanks, Joe. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 